0: Hey, hey, friend. Today, hmm, is going to be a good one. As homeschoolers, we have kids, no surprise there. And our children are home with us, no matter their age, whether they're little or they're taller than you. But we have to remember that our children are not little adults. They have minds of a child and even a teenager. They're not an adult. Yes, they're closer to managing their emotions and closer to having an adult brain than a small child, but still they're not an adult. Even if they tell you, even if they tell you that they are an adult and they want to be treated like an adult, did you know that the brain is not fully developed until about the age of 25? Their decision-making skills, and we know this, you've been around teens sometimes, you're like, okay, their decision-making skills are a little off. They don't have the full context. They're lacking some wisdom, but they don't have the same brains as, as an adult. They're not. Children are not little adults and teens are not little adults either. And so we have to remember that when we are discipling and we are pouring into children, we're not discipling and pouring into adults. Yes, we should be pouring into our spouse, but that's a different topic. So today I want to talk to you about seven ways to help your young child. So we're going to focus on the young child, how to help them manage their emotions and reduce The amount of meltdowns. Okay, let's tackle this big topic right now. Welcome to the Little by Little Homeschool Podcast, where you can get out of survival mode, feel confident in your homeschool decisions, and gain peace in your heart and home. I know that when we plant our feet firmly in this season of life and embrace our homeschooling, motherhood, and homemaking, we will thrive. I truly believe that we can do this from a place of peace and joy, all while growing a ton of contentment. And while we're at it, Mama, let's deepen those relationships with our children and love these years we get to pour into them. If you're ready to create beauty, seek simplicity, and live intentionally, homeschool Mama, then close out that lesson book, let the kids go play, and let's have an authentic conversation. Can you picture the scene? You've got a great day planned, but things go south pretty quick. And you're thinking to yourself, why can't this be simple? We were going to go on a field trip or today was going to be the day that we were going to do so well with our homeschool. We are going to get the list done that I wanted to. We were going to touch on all of the topics and the subjects that I wanted to get to. It was going to be so good. Why are these kids throwing temper tantrums? Why are they melting down? Yes, we need to balance the fact that they are children, and so they're going to have emotional outbursts. There's not going to be no emotional outbursts and no meltdowns. That's not really possible. Uh, Kids with different personalities, there might not be as many. So we have to balance the fact that there is, they have emotions, and they usually have big emotions too, right? But we need to ask ourselves, as a parent, am I contributing to the amount of meltdowns that is happening in my home? Right about now, I wish I had some epic stories about public meltdowns with my children, but it was a rarity. And it's not because we homeschooled and we never went out anywhere and we just stayed shut in at our house and we didn't socialize. No, it wasn't because of that. It, It did happen on occasion at home, but it wasn't often because of these seven ways that I just learned and started kind of practicing and testing on my kids And it seemed to work. So I wanted to share these with you here today, but I kind of wish I had like an epic story and then to say like, oh, and then it stopped. But my daughter wasn't an emotional outburst kind of child to have meltdowns or anything. So kind of started with her and then, you know, then it went on to some other kids that were a little more prone. But let me tell you this fun piece of advice here. I don't know if it's fun, but it was super practical that my mom told me when mine were little and they would throw uh temper tantrum have a meltdown you can picture it right they're laying on the ground they're crying maybe their hands and their feet are flailing in the air and she said she used to with us i don't know I, this isn't I, I think it's an okay thing still to do i don't know i'm a child i was born in the 70s so this is probably like 70s 80s she would do this but if we would throw a temper tantrum have a meltdown she would get up from that room and go to another room this was how she tested if there was really something wrong If the child would get up from that room, follow her, and then throw themselves down on the floor in the next room, she's like, nope, they're just having a meltdown. (laughs) They're throwing a temper tantrum. There's nothing that is physically wrong with them. Because sometimes she was like, is there something wrong? Like, oh, you can't understand anything. So that's my mom's advice from the 70s and 80s. Seemed to work for us. And I actually tried it out on my kids too. And I was able to test whether there really was something wrong. Because sometimes you're not really quite sure. All right, let's jump into these seven ways to help your child manage their emotions and reduce the amount of meltdowns. I want to start off with reading a Bible verse. Now, whether you are somebody that reads the Bible often or not, um, I think that either way, whether this is something that you are a Christian or not, I think that this is some really good advice. And I would encourage you that if you're not reading your Bible to do so. But Ephesians 6, 4, the New International Version says, fathers, Do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Now, the NLT and the ESV, both of them say fathers do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. So it's saying provoke your children, and the NIV says exasperate your children. So let's do a little study here on the word exasperate. The word exasperate means to make very angry or impatient, annoy greatly, to increase the gravity or intensity of... (laughs) So in this verse, it's not a good thing. The fathers do not exasperate your children. But I want to scroll on down here, and I want to read to you the Amplified Bible. Now, I'm not super familiar with the Amplified Bible, but I really liked how there was a lot of meat to this verse, and I think that um, it'll really apply, and you'll see where I'm going with it here. So the Amplified version says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, and then in parentheses it says here, Do not exasperate them to the point of resentment with demands that are trivial or unreasonable or humiliating or abusive, nor by showing favoritism or indifference to any of them, but bring them up tenderly with loving kindness in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So I think the first thing here, I really like that, that way that it has it phrased because it really adds a little, well, a lot of meat there to give us exact direction on the parenting of our children. So in in this verse in the Amplified Bible, they say not to provoke, don't exasperate them to the point of resentment with demands that are trivial or unreasonable or humiliating or abusive. So we need to stop first and we need to think like, am I exasperating my child? Am I provoking them to anger? And if yes, then that's some hard work that we need to do on our own. And we can easily slip into this. Now, I'm not saying like in the abusive or humiliating way. But maybe we are putting demands on them that is causing them to resent us. Maybe we're demanding just trivial things, things that their child mind does not see as important. Maybe we're being so nitpicky. So I want to encourage you to, so write that verse down, Ephesians 6, 4, and to read the entire chapter, read the entire book even, but read the entire chapter to get the context and go back and read the verse and pray on it and ask God, like, am I exasperating my children? Is that what is leading to meltdowns? And if it is, that's way number one to reduce the amount of meltdowns is by you not exasperating your children. Tip number two, or in the title that said ways, the second thing here is we'll say that we'll say it that way is to don't spring things on them. Yeah, we can talk about some things beforehand. Some surprises are fine. But we can help keep the meltdowns at bay by discussing what you're going to do next if you give them fair warning. So if you are constantly coming up with things last minute, they have no idea at all what the day what is going to hold. That could lead to some meltdowns. And this also depends upon their personality. Maybe some kids are just a wing it. They're fine. You're like, hey, get in the car. Like, all right, let's go. they will jump in the car. They don't care at all about what's going on. Let's get out of the car. Let's do this. Let's do that. And they're always up for a party. Those kids are probably not going to have meltdowns if things are suddenly sprung on them. But you might have a child that needs time to think and to process, to talk to them. So really analyze each of your children and figure out who's always up for a party. You probably already know. Right now, Just a, uh, one of your, at least one of your child, children popped into your head and you're like, yep, because I have one too that is always up for a party. We don't need to discuss things as child has always been like that which makes life fun, makes it a little bit easy. But if you have a child that needs to know about things beforehand, take the time to talk to them. And this will help them be able to process things. They know what's coming. You might need to say, hey, in a couple days, we're going to do this. Hey, in two days, we're going to do this. Hey, tomorrow, we're going to do this in the morning. Hey, remember, this is going on. Maybe it's a dentist appointment. Maybe it's a vacation. Maybe it's a play date. Maybe it's running errands whatever it is just talking to them about it and letting them know that this is coming up because you might be like oh I told them last week we we're going to do this remember they have a child's mind they're probably not going to remember unless maybe it's something like we're going to an amusement park or we're going to the circus or we're going to do something really fun they tend to remember those things and forget about the dentist appointments right <laughs> all right the third tip here is to let them know the information about something new to them if you're going to do a new experience Whatever it is you're going to do, let them know what to expect. It could be something like you've moved and you're going to a new church. Let them know what you know about this church and about where they're going and let them know what to expect. Maybe you're going to join a co-op. Let them know what to expect. Maybe they are going to be taking an art class at the library. Talk to them so that they know ahead of time the scenario of what's going to occur at that time. It'll greatly reduce the amount of meltdowns because you will have discussed what is going to be happening here. Because as adults, many of us enjoy going, all right, not enjoy, we enjoy knowing what the possibilities are when we are going into a new situation, because that can be pretty stressful. But if you have had someone talk you through and say, look, this is a different possibilities so of what can happen say as a dentist, new dentist or something, or just the dentist every six months. I'm going to go in with you and I'll hold your hand. I'll be there. This is how it's going to go. And everything's going to be fine. And then they can kind of know what to expect. And they have that set in their mind. So the fourth tip here is mama, say what you mean and mean what you say, and then carry through with your words in action. What do I mean by this? don't threaten them something that you're not going to do don't promise them something that you're not going to do so a funny example my kiddo and i are reading through cheaper by the dozen it's an old book and we're reading through in the the dad in the in the book his mother comes to stay and she has all of these like insane probably not politically correct <laughs> things that she's going to do to the kids if they're naughty let's just say that And she never carries through with any of them. That's kind of an extreme. But if you say to them, if you don't cooperate and be good, then no dinner for you. Well, that's a little extreme. You're probably going to exasperate them there as well. You know, like, let's keep things in a way like, let's not say dinner. How about no dessert? Or if we don't get this cleaned up here, we're not going to be able to do family movie night. What if they don't get things cleaned up? Are you ready to say no family movie night because you didn't get cleaned up because you were fooling around, or you went running in the backyard, or you were disrespectful when I asked you to clean up? So say what you mean and mean what you say. Don't pull out some threat that you're not willing to carry through with, and don't pull out some promise that you're not willing to carry through with. If we get the whole house cleaned up tomorrow, we're going to go to, we're going to go swimming. Well, you know, there's nowhere to go swimming or something. (laughs) Like don't promise them something that you're not going to do or hey, you get this all cleaned up, we'll go out for ice cream and then I no, I didn't really feel like taking out the ice cream. So say what you mean and mean what you say. The next thing here is that you need to make your expectations for their behavior clear beforehand. If you are going somewhere, or you are having people over, um, as a side note, why do kids insist upon, we'll say, showing off their best behavior when company comes over, right? <laughs> I've seen a couple of videos I feel like lately it was like, you know, we tell our kids to be good. And then this is how they act when, you know, especially when the pastor and his wife comes over and they're insane. I remember doing it as a child. I remember my kids doing it. I'm like, they're really nice, good kids and cooperative, but why are they insane? Anyway, make your expectations for their behavior clear beforehand. Eye to eye. Tell them, say, look. This is what we're going to do. This is what is expected of you. This is the behavior I expect of you. Whether it's, as an example, not a great example, but you're, you're going to a funeral. Let them know this is the behavior that is acceptable for us to be able to go to this funeral. And this is how I want you to act. I know it's not going to be really easy. And then you bring things that they can sit and quietly do, read, you know, reading a book or coloring a coloring book or something like that. But reiterate your family rules or whatever it is that you have laid out the way that you expect them to behave in certain situations. Because you know what? They often forget those in the heat of the moment of fun, we'll say. Not that a funeral is fun, but they often forget the family rules. They often forget the way that they are supposed to engage with people, the way that they're supposed to act in public. And in some situations, it doesn't really matter. You go to a playground and you know they're going to go run hog wild and they're going to be crazy. Maybe you do have rules of saying, hey, look, when we're at the playground, you have to stay within the playground area. Maybe there's a fence or maybe there um, is clearly a defined area. You have to stay on the playground here in this area. If I find that you have gotten off, you're going to be sitting over here on the at the picnic table or on the bench with me and the other moms that are here. You don't want to do that, do you? No, they probably don't. Now, what if This goes back to the saying what you mean and mean what you say. You notice that little Johnny is running off to the other playground or whatever he's doing. (laughs) And you go and bring him back and you said, no, I said you have to stay right here. You need to be willing to carry through and say, nope, you need to sit here with us at the picnic table for five minutes or whatever the amount of appropriate time is for little Johnny. But make sure that your expectations for their behavior is clear beforehand so that they know what to is, is expected. And they know then what the consequences, good or bad, to those expectations. Okay, I've got two more to go. Now, this one is going to kind of sound like an oxymoron, like the opposite of what I mentioned earlier. But I also want to say that kids don't need to know everything. And yes, this seems contrary to a previous suggestion, but I want you to hear me out. If the plans could change, don't tell them until you have to. Yes, it's good for them to learn to deal with disappointment, but there are many years ahead for that. So here's an example. When our kids were all younger, I think the, my youngest was, I don't know, one or two. My husband and I came up with a plan. We were living down by DC and we're like, we're going to go down to the national zoo. And so we had a specific day that we were going to go. And the weather was looking a little bit iffy. It was in the summer and it could have been rainy and we didn't quite know. So I secretly you know, it was getting snacks and getting food and, and getting things. I put them to bed that night. They didn't know about it because the weather was 50-50 at that point. And so we woke up that next morning and it was pouring rain. It was a terrible, <laughs> terrible weather. It was awful. I was like, whew, I am really glad I didn't tell them that we were going to the zoo. Because if I had told them that, there probably would have been meltdowns. Now, Like I said, yes, they do need to learn how to deal with disappointment. But this is just one of those times it was not worth it. Now I do have to tell you that we were able to schedule it at a later date and the weather was perfect and I still didn't tell them. got them up in the morning and I said, hey, we're going to the zoo. And they were ecstatic and excited, had no idea that we had been planning this for months. So it's kind of a little bit fun behind the scenes. How long can you plan something until they they need to know? So sometimes my kids are on a need to know basis and they don't need to know much. And this applies even now as they're a little bit older, because sometimes it was just, I'm like, it's easier just to not tell them. So little things like trying to Plan a family vacation, and James and I are kind of talking about dates and stuff, and don't really want to get them excited about this if we can't make the dates work. Oh, instead of saying, like, hey guys, we were gonna go on this, you know, amazing tropical vacation and all expense paid and all of this kind of stuff, and then, oh, no, we're not gonna do that. I would rather have them on a need to know basis and say, hey, so we have these dates. My kids I have two kids that are older, and we'd like to go on this vacation this is where you want to go. Here are some possible dates. You know, what do you guys think? Can you make these work and that kind of stuff? So yeah, so at times we were like on a need to know basis, and they don't need to know much. (laughs) All right, the last tip I want to give you here, last way to help reduce the amount of meltdowns in your kiddo is when you come home from an outing, give them time to breathe, give them time to decompress. Maybe it's a nap, for them, maybe for you too, (laughs) or maybe it's just quiet room time for them just to play, to read a book, just to have a little bit of space. We all need to decompress, especially after an outing. Now, this would be something during the day. Now, if it's in the evening when you get home from something, then yes. Like, how can we help them decompress? Let's take a bath or a shower. Let's do some reading. Let's have a little snack and let's just kind of wind down. Don't just jump right into something else that's high action and then be shocked when there's crying or a meltdown. At that point, we haven't necessarily exasperated them, but we've kind of probably pushed them to the edge. So you're coming home from an outing, give them time to breathe. Mama, you need to give yourself some time to breathe too. Don't just jump. Now we do have days where it's like boom, 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 and there's this and there's this and there's this. Well, then your time to decompress a little bit at the end of the day, and then the next day. Have that as a, you can do an entire day. That's like a decompression day. If maybe there's a day you have a co-op and then there's after school activities and then there's maybe something at church and you're like, ah, Thursdays are always crazy busy for us. Okay. Well, Wednesday, get you guys some rest and do what you got to do at home so that you are fresh for Thursday and Friday. Use that day to decompress. But don't be surprised. If you jump into something action, you come home and then you throw them straight into cleaning up or packing for this or packing for that. There's probably going to be some tears and it might come from you too, but that's not what we're aiming for. We're aiming no meltdowns for moms and dads, okay? If you're having a meltdown, then we got to dig a little bit deeper. <laughs> All right, friend, I hope that this has encouraged you and that my mom's advice from the 70s or 80s has helped you out. This has been something that has just, I mean, her advice, but just these seven tips, these seven ways really helped me maintain my sanity, we'll say, when I had three kids that we're all young, uh, the same age, and just a lot of busy busyness, and could have been a lot more drama, but i'm I'm not interested in trauma. So, friend, if you'd like to hear a little bit more from me, did you know that I have a newsletter that goes out once a week? if you're not on the list? Go ahead and click the link in the show notes. I'll let you know when there are fresh podcast episodes out and just some a little bit behind the scenes and just some other helpful tips and tricks and things about homeschooling. And if this episode has encouraged you, I would love to know that. You can reply back to my email that I send you once a week and just let me know directly. I would appreciate hearing from you. But until then, have a fantastic rest of your day, friend.